0: Learning my name again, a slow fading then I saw you turning to a whisper. So tunes,
1: yes. There, there's a clean entry point to the music podcast that we haven't done for weeks. Hello, folks. I to the listener, singular. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, wow. Tripping
1: balls, a number. We might start, Why don't we take the numbers off them now? You know, in tripping balls, number or lot. a lot. A lot. Yes.
0: I really felt like Ty Siegel was music for the times. <laughs> Batch it, crazy weird times.
1: Yeah, Ty Segall loves some chaos. He loves good him good some soundtrack. chaos,
0: and this felt very chaotic. I, I, the the thing that I've because we've lived with these for a little bit longer than, so I've actually I've actually got some. What, some you deeper, went back
1: to them for, in the. In the yeah, reasons. yeah. I've <laughs> actually
0: got some deeper thoughts about two of the albums. One album I've got fairly shallow thoughts on. Um,
1: I have lots of shallow thoughts, but I get into oh, I do myself.
0: I don't know whether this album's got enough. A- every time I listen to it, I like. Bits of it, they're not always the same bits. Um, it's a real sort of, are you in the mood for this bit of batshit craziness? And uh, like, but I don't think it's cohesive enough to like grab you, like the whole the whole album grab you all at the same time because it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. I it's so all over the shop that it's like oh some days I'm going to like this and some days I'm going to like this but I'm never going to like I'm never going to sit down and like the whole album you're never going
1: to get a solid 7 out of you're never going to get 10 out of 10 or, yeah. or 11 out of 11 you're going to get 6 to 7 of them are going to speak to you on any, any given day I found that I dipped in the middle but the, the which bits of the middle would dip would kind of depend on um, prevailing winds and mindset and what level of lockdown we're at and all that kind of stuff Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I love Ty Siegel's energy, I love Ty Siegel's creativity, and his his fucking, you know, just his output just his sheer enthusiasm and just throwing shit against the wall. He is the you know, he's just a torrent of fucking creativity. Uh, But they're not all good ideas.
0: Yeah, I wonder what I wonder what he'd be like if he was a little less prolific and a little bit more choosy and a little bit more. Uh, let's work this through. Whether it would just lose its chaotic energy or whether he could absolutely rip off a cracking album.
1: Yeah, my, uh, well, my gut feeling well, is that I'd, I'd rather not see that because I kind of
0: like having the chaos.
1: And look, given that he's the he's the lead creative force behind Fuzz and, and they've produced three albums I really love. I feel like that's where his. Focus, energy, stuff goes when he wants to sit in a genre and do a thing
0: that is so. There is a little re- bit of pattern,
1: reproducibly recognisable, yeah. And this is uh, kind uh, of his uh, fuck around space.
0: So there is a bit of patternness to this, where he's got his faith no more, and then this is his let's throw shit against the wall yeah, yeah, vehicle, yeah. Yeah. which is good. Like that—that's always good because sometimes you don't want. Like I think of that regurgit I always think of Unit, right? Unit's almost my perfect album, except for. The you know the, the title track, <laughs> which sucks,
1: <laughs> and I Piss alone, which is weird.
0: Yeah, it's like okay, could you have just kept that for your side project and just but made if, if an if not absolute- for that,
1: if not like, could the rest of it have existed without that? That's kind of the question that you ask about oh, Raghuja Chatterjee. Oh, do- if you don't let Quan just fucking lose the plot in, mm. in in some isolated incidents, do you not get that you know him? consenting to doing some genius pop shit, which is really what the rest of the album is. It's just genius yeah. pop shit in a kind of an 80s um, 8-bit kind of context. They're yeah. also in the final eight of whatever that fucking stupid triple J band <laughs> of, the, of the 90s were. We need to talk about this. Um, I saw, I saw the phones and just lost my shit. It, it was like on the same day, It was the boomers were all tweeting about fucking Charlie Watts and... All the Gen X people were all tweeting about this fucking nineties bracket of Triple J festival bands, mm-hmm. uh, which will, which Powderfinger will win because Powderfinger won everything in the fucking nineties and ruined everything. It's just it was just, it just made you want to do exactly what Bezo was done and you know delete the Twitter <laughs> app off your phone and then throw your phone in a bin and then set the bin on fire.
0: Yeah, the the fact that you're running any sort of poll and you're including the foes in it. Just really says everything that, that you need to know really about, you. <laughs> about the 90s, really. Um, if you can't find, what was it, 32 good bands before you get to the foes, then maybe the 90s weren't as good as we thought.
1: The problem was the 90s weren't as good as we thought. And it, it reiterates the idea that we are as bad about the 90s as the boomers were about the 60s. We are just those same punishing old fucks who just the entire ecosystem was built around reinforcing our teenage desire to hear the music that we heard when we were kids. It's Mm. just keep it just, it's just over it's just fucking reiterating this idea that that our experience was the most important experience. And it it was so for the boomers because they got to write the fucking narrative around that because they were. You know the first generation to go through that experience, but Jesus Christ, we're going, we're doing it to everybody else right now. From our position as the generation that runs all of media, well, um, it's, if you it's want to avoid as, the nineties, uh, just you might have to fucking take a nap for about twenty years. Uh,
0: it's funny how um you know some of our peers have kids in that ten to fifteen age bracket. You know the ones that had well, you know, how old's your eldest?
1: He's exactly in that great bracket.
0: Yeah, so. And I'm seeing a lot of you know proud parenting because uh, kid likes Pearl Jam or Ooh. kid likes Nirvana, and I'm like, you 30th fucking- anniversary <laughs> of
1: um of, of Alive today, I think this week certainly. And and we're I'd coming say- up on that week where all of those not those other 90s albums came out.
0: Uh, I think I think I'd be more impressed if you liked a 15 year old's band than you convincing a 15 year old that Pearl like Pearl Jam I'm glad catchy. you said
1: band because that that started creepy, but that's all right.
0: do do you know what i'm saying like
1: yes i mean what you don't have to in fact if if you like what your parents like Mm. your parents have failed because you're supposed to reject what your parents like look and by that token my my children have succeeded beyond my wildest dreams
0: (laughs) so one of my best mates his dad was writing into music but his dad was into like jazz like 50s jazz all the way through to uh, you know, 90s grunge. Like he was buying 90s grunge on vinyl and playing it at home. So I, I sort of felt like that's the model that you want. It, it's like, but was is, his
1: rebellion, not listening to music at all. Or was his rebellion listening to different music? Because I mean, I feel uh, like
0: no, they, their rebellion was let's write music and start a band. And he still writes music and start a band. He was in um, the elder brother was in George. They all played like five fucking instruments. You know was oh, he ex- the
1: one brother who wasn't related to any of the actual noonans
0: he did the first ep and then bailed which is probably not a bad idea um but yeah i just i just i don't know like c- can you can you encourage go- like, like a wide variety of modern music as well as like the ten bands that were popular in the nineties. I don't
1: know. Yeah, but when you say you know, when you get to ten to fifteen in that range, and your, your mm. kids aren't quite there they're, yet, yeah, they're, no. there yet, yeah, but they will get there. I'll get I'll get my words out eventually. Um, they stop giving a fuck what you think. They mm. really do, and it's not it's not because <laughs> they hate you. It's just that they just don't see you as that you are the largely because you're there as you're there to feed them and pay for everything and discipline them when they fuck up and that sort of stuff. You're not a cultural touchstone. They've got the entire internet for that now, Mm. you know, in a way that we didn't have. We had books and movies and, and rage and whatever else, magazines, all our other cultural touchstones, but they've got the entire internet. They don't need you for that kind of cultural guidance. And in fact, if you're into something, they immediately think, this is fucking whack. I need to stay the hell away from this.
0: So it's like, it's. Re- oh, I'll be really interested to see how they hit that 14, 15-year-old, what sort of music they'll like, considering they get a blend of uh, the podcast music. So like shitloads of new music. Like they're constantly listening to, to new stuff and, and then... You know, some old, like some really old stuff, and then some stuff from the 90s, and some stuff that I'll be listening to because I'm like trying to figure out references of modern music. So I'll be going back and listening to music that I never listened to in period just to try and form an opinion for this this podcast. The
1: influences of the influences, sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, like this week has been old, like the first two Faithless albums, uh, which I completely. Completely misremembered. Absolutely, completely misremembered.
1: This feels like a good segue.
0: So I sort of felt like Faithless were this deep house band that you know with a real hip hop sort of uh vocal that built albums that were like live sets at a festival, you know. Mm. Had this real complete feel to them, you know. Start to finish was like a like being at a at a show and went back and listened to the first album and it's not like that at all it's like this album all over the fucking shop like the first album is there is some of that deep house with hip-hop vocals in it and there's some also some real dancey pop um with sister bliss like that is like real bubble almost bubblegum ish or uh i don't know what the what the word would be look like um, uh, like almost Lordish with with dance beats, I hey, guess. No,
1: the Lord is now a Jack Johnson tribute act, so. Okay, so let's, let's but, but with occasional diversions in a ripping off primal
0: screen. Like th- there was one song that I was like, this is like folk music, folk singing with a dance beat. I, I don't know. I was, was the first album was not like there's the bangers, and you always remember like the bangers, but as a cohesive sort of live. Style album. It was not that at all. Told a lot
1: less of a story than you thought it would. Yeah. Um, which brings us to their 2020 album, which is the reason that we have them on the docket. Um, mm. My first question when listening to Faithless is, did that guy finally get some sleep? Because that's the only thing I remember <laughs> about Faithless. <laughs> I can't get no sleep. Um, and just a lot of ambient, tri- chill and house dub, trip hop. You know. Yeah, come for the come for the chill, stay for the ambulance or the ambience, depending on what you've taken. Um, it felt like a, it felt like a Faithless album. Oh, it, I it really did. Have, I, don't, I don't have a, a deeper fucking analysis than that. It felt a lot like a fucking Faithless album, which is good <laughs> because their late career and doing the stuff that you're good at, still being able to do the stuff that you're good at this late in your career is actually a thing to be proud of.
0: But the funny thing was, right, is I listened to the I listened to the new album like in that first week and was like, oh, this is um uh you know this is um uh like this is good there's some faithless bits in here but you know there's some real bits that sort of go off track and it, you know it, it'd be good if they did stuff like their old stuff where that you know they're really cohesive and and stuck to a theme and and didn't wander off to the sides and so I'd, I'd fully form this opinion about this album that you know hey it was really good that we got sort of seven or eight what I call classic-style Faithless songs, but I could have done without them meandering into different genres. But they've actually just reproduced a classic Faithless song. Because
1: <laughs> that's about as much as they ever gave you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, they, they dipped into all these different sort of, uh, not genres, but, like, side, you know, side tracks off to... Off to doing something slightly different you know they've always got that dance beat you know the beats are always there I guess but it's not that sort of deep house sort of all the way through um so yeah I really flipped on this album. I was like this is a good album it's a faithless album it's not I don't think I'll make my top five of the year I'm really glad that it exists but um yeah they weren't as cohesive and as um focused as I remembered I guess
1: and they still can't get no
0: sleep. Sleep. Well, one of, the, one of the twins was talking to a teacher and I don't know what the context of the conversation was, but sleep was mentioned and Hilo's and gone, oh, have they got insomnia? And the teacher's gone, holy fuck, how's your vocabulary? And he's just like, huh? that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> My mum works in academia. <laughs> it comes with uh, the territory.
0: Uh, that is one of the. That is one of their favorite songs. It's a, you know, it's a very catchy, very mind. Curtis and I were talking about mind worms this afternoon. Curtis, I started humming a. There's a, a the jun- thing from
1: brain worms, which make you fucking hair yeah. horse paste on your gums and
0: all these um, other things. Uh, I was humming the, the melody line from a jungle song this afternoon, at, like as I was bringing the boys home, and then Curtis has jumped up to go to a shower, and I hear him in the shower humming the, the same melody line. I'm like. Hey, we're singing the same song, and he's like, "Yeah, you were singing it this afternoon, and now it's in my head." And I'm like, "That's an earworm, buddy. Welcome to welcome to my world."
1: They're not meant to be transmissible.
0: So, shall we finish on a on a downer?
1: Should we jump cut to NARS? um, the NARS album? Now, your friends who are big hip-hop heads were talking about this album in a positive way, Mm. and we were talking previously about Faithless and the idea that to be able to do what you used to do in a reproducible way that's recognizably similar to what you used to do is something to be celebrated. Can I retract that statement? Because that's basically what Nas has done, and it's just not particularly interesting.
0: So, here's my view of this album, right? It's pretty fucking ordinary. Like, and not ordinary in a Kendrick Lamar, I just I just can't find this accessible, I just don't get it way. Like, I get this album. It's pretty straight down the line American hip-hop. There's East Coast hip-hop. East Coast hip-hop. It's not... Which is
1: very... There's a lot of sparse, repetitive beats, and, you know, it's, it's just... It's, it's quite... There's not a lot of fucking floral arrangement with your American, with your East Coast hip hop. It is pretty much just rat-a-tat-tat. This is what we're doing, kind of shit. It's not fucking, there are no, there's no fucking garnish on East Coast hip hop.
0: It, It just, there was just nothing. I was like, I just don't, I don't get the rep. Like it sounded, a but this reminded me of when you know indie rock was the big thing in the '90s. You know, we've talked you know about Custard and UMI and and the Fives the fives But like at that stage, I was getting demos for bands that wanted to play at the Alley, and that's all I was fucking getting.
1: If, is, a, if listeners who are new to the show, uh, Bezo used to run a indie music venue back in the day, in kind of grimy inner suburban Brisbane, <laughs> in, in a rotting city fringe, ins- CBD fringe,
0: in, inside a rotting tennis centre.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, in the shadow of Wayne Park. Um, um, but, but, but yeah, there, there was a lot of bands that sounded like, you know, in, in the late '90s, there were a lot of bands that sounded like they wanted to be on Triple J and doing that indie sound, but they were—they didn't have the capability of writing a fucking song. So all they had was the noises that went along with the, the, song. They the song. They didn't have the song itself.
0: Yeah, it was so, sort of like going to, you know, uh, a cheap clothing shop and having it play through little tiny speakers and then recording it. because you're going to a cheap clothing
1: <laughs> shop and, and seeing like the Nike shirt? But spelled N-I-E-K or something. It's like, that looks a bit like the right thing, but it's not quite the right thing.
0: Uh, I don't know. I just, I, just I, I listen to it. I listen to it again, and I'm like, I I just don't get the I don't thing. get it.
1: Uh, no, and you're 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 just predisposed to West Coast hip hop as I am too. I yeah. Yeah. prefer the hip hop that's made in the sunshine seems to have a bit more life to it. I mean, I'm I'm on record as liking the West Coast part of the Beastie Boys career much more than the East Coast part of the Beastie Boys career. And, you are know, a big fan of Ugly Duckling and that kind of genre of, of West Coast and hip-hop. Jurassic
0: Five. Jurassic
1: so. Five, exactly. Um, so I'm not a big fan of East Coast hip-hop or East Coast IPA, for that matter. Um, and this isn't changing much. This is... Um, it is less conceited... Than fucking Hove or, you know, those sorts of dudes, but it's just fucking boring. There's so much of this that is boring. It's kind of a combination of stuff that is clearly just aping what he used to do, because this is a, a part two of an album that he's made previously, and also just some bougie yacht rock bullshit. Because there's one track that was just, just grotesquely, it was, I think it's called no, no Phony Love, and it was just horrible Doobie Brothers garbage. Brunch on Sundays is just some bougie auto tune dog shit. Um, I mean, in his to his credit, I mean. There's this, the thing with Coast hip hop is, is the production is super basic. It's been that way forever. I mean, think back to that fucking Gangstar album and the fucking all those but, 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 originators but of the early a, 90s stuff that was just incredibly sparse, and that gives but, space for the flow, and Nas' yeah. flow is still solid after all these years. He's just got nothing fucking useful to say, and most of what he says is still fr- stuck in the 90s. There's still bitches and hoes and fucking suck my yeah. dick and all that kind of cool but, and stuff. And
0: that's that's the other thing. Like That's the thing with the, the grime where I've sort of gone up and down Pretty quickly on it because I just don't care about your bitches and your bullets, mate. <laughs> I really don't. I
1: don't care about your your fucking your st- stacks of cash and them drugs and them blades and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, fucking. I'm not sure what you can say. Yeah. And and there's a there's a fucking guest bit from Eminem and good lord Eminem fucking sucks he fucking sucks he can fuck off he's incompetent he has no business being doing doing raps anywhere in front of a fucking microphone he what? was always shit and he will always be shit, and he can fuck off into a bin, and they can set the bin on fire, and they can push the bin into a cannon and fire the cannon into the sun, and then fire nuclear weapons into the sun. I don't give a fuck. Get him out of here. He fucking sucks. Thank you. And
0: and that wasn't even the worst rap collaboration this week. No. Marilyn Manson and Kanye were together. Oh, (laughs)
1: Do you think, I mean, Kanye, I mean, this is jump cut to, to what happened today. Uh, Kanye and his fucking latest listening party for his terrible Bucket of Shit album that he brought out. Um, he's replaced, I think, um, I think Dre, or was it Dre or fucking somebody did a guest on one of the tracks and he's replaced that vocal with da Baby, who is most famous for being an internet meme. So he went on stage with da Baby and Marilyn Manson, who is well known as being... A probable rapist and it's like are you just doing this for attention now is this is this part of the attention economy you just bring out people who are uh, known to be abusers so that you can, you can preemptively get yourself cancelled for the attention this seems fucking ridiculous and cynical and gross
0: uh, there you go hey just just as a side <laughs> note
1: I'm glad you just let me wind up for that one
0: <laughs> just as a side note uh we can add we can add faithless into the um The collaboration between motorsport and uh, dance music because he also has his own racing team called Maxi Jazz Racing uh, in the Ford Fiesta Championship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do love the fact that you were clearly reading the fucking bio of Faithless while I was just going off, chucking the toys. I, was trying I respect to that. Just cleared out Rucker Park style, and just let me ISO.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no, and it just or, clanged off
1: the rim and went out of bounds. It was beautiful.
0: All I'm going to do is like m- make editing problems if I try and interrupt. So um, uh,
1: we've got clip. There's plenty of space. This is a nice, clean internet. It's it's running quite well. Uh, Eminem sucks, by the way.
0: Ty Siegel, any 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 songs for the boys, do you think, or is it just too well, obscure?
1: I like the first. I think there's good tracks on the first half of that album.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, Whisper, good? which um, I saw the, uh, at the Drive-Thru Boys put on their last uh, uh, episode. So yeah. I was just, eh. It's nice to see I'm, I'm not the only person <laughs> who enjoys this. So Whisper, Erased, Harmonizer, they're all good tracks. To, there's a bit of a gap. There's a bit of a petering out there in the middle. Plays a good track. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, whispers. If, I reckon whispers go.
1: Yeah, go for that.
0: And I think I put the Faithless. I think I put I need someone. I can't remember. There's a very classical sort of Faithless song on there. Which what I what shall I do?
1: That was a that felt quite, you know, it was of quite a, quite a. It was almost like 70s funk influenced.
0: Mm, might add that one as well. Throw, all right. it the,
1: uh, throw it on the, throw that on that mixtape that we make. What shall this, we do? Although this this is a twenty, yeah, we'll leave it off the mixtape because it's not a 20, 2021 song, and nothing of Nas is making it because it was nah, all
0: kind of a terrible toss. Um, the I, I'm 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 pretty sure you know what I'm going to pick this week, but
1: I don't actually because there were like three albums that you wanted to hear that came out this week, so.
0: it's I've already had several text messages going. What did you think of the new Fat Freddy's? And I'm like, I'm saving it for the podcast. I haven't That's listened. That's interesting because
1: I, 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 I was, I actually had thought uh, Jungle might might come first because you might just roll them out in order. But okay, uh,
0: I really want to listen to this one. So, I, I, I actually think that lockdown might have refocused their songwriting. So, so what? the
1: the story behind this album Warunga is that they made it, they they just basically went out in the bush and recorded it live to tape, and it's it's seven tracks, five of which are new, and it was basically, they, they did a lock-in where they just played in an empty orchestral yeah. space last year, and this year they just went, okay, let's just go out and scrub, and there's um, there's a couple, there's one or two tracks that are not new, but most of it is all new, and the one track I've heard is fucking decent.
0: I, I actually think, or well, A, recording live to tape is a very good idea for them because that's their jam. Like, that's literally what they're good at. I've know, always hey?
1: respected bands that would do that. In fact, that was yeah. kind of a subtext of um, that terrible fucking band novel I wrote was that the, whenever they returned to the idea of just recording live, just fucking having a thrash and playing mm. it all loud together, they always sounded better. And I've yeah, always felt it- that about bands.
0: We've or like I've always called it the Hunter's the Hunter's effect. You know, couldn't yeah. record a decent studio album to save their life. All their live stuff on tape is yeah. pretty good. Because so. when they're all just
1: independently recording the fucking the cowbell mm. sound and the and the and the fucking the one hand of the keyboard and then the other end of the keyboard piecing it together, it sounds like shit.
0: I was. It's interesting. I was listening to a podcast with the lead singer from Churches today, and she was saying. Traver- that- Traver- Churches. Well, she just she called it churches, churches. which could be, which I found enormously relieving because I've always thought, how the fuck do I pronounce that?
1: Well, it's churches <laughs> and was like- they've they've used U's for V's because it's like an ancient Roman thing, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and she was saying they were supposed to record half the album in L.A. at one person's place and then go back to Glasgow and and record the other half. And they recorded like.
1: So she clearly didn't didn't pronounce Glasgow for you. No. <laughs>
0: Um, they recorded four days or something of the first part of it and then he had to scarper because shit was going bad and then even the two people in LA couldn't record together. So it's, it's all been done by, I guess, you know, people have written Zoom plus other music writing technology to try and help you record an album when you're not in the same room.
1: It's probably just a <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just fire up a Zencaster session. Yeah. All right, let's do another. Trash away in the
1: corner on you fucking your old busted ass fake Les Paul.
0: Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm sort of I'm keen to have a listen to that just to see, uh, like whether it gives a different feel to it, I guess, than than recording in place. I bet I bet it does. But
1: yeah, you'd you'd like to hope so.
0: So... All right, what do you got?
1: Let's go with a London busker called Cam Cole. Cam Cole. So, this is a, all right. like a one man band who kind of uh, got internet famous. Uh, and then he was about to, about to become properly famous. And then COVID struck. But he's, um yeah, he's, he's just this just one he's literal one man band who just does um, distorted one man band blues rock and roll.
0: I've, I've been listening to a, a James A. Kester uh, podcast where he tries to litigate that 2016 is the best. Um, oh, he
1: does? Yeah, he, yes. Yeah, I have the, heard the, about that. Because oh, you, you sent me a, a a trailer of that, and I thought it was a bit. And I, no. it took me a while to realise, no, he's dead serious. He thinks 2016 was good. It was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. Uh, and, and,
0: all, and all the stuff that he... Like, you know is is litigating as the reason for um like the, the you know the the top level stuff that's the reason for 2016 pretty you know frank ocean and some other questionable stuff yeah. but um uh one of the bands cuz he he gets so the conceit of the podcast is he sends an album to another comedian and they have to listen to it and then they come on and talk about it and he sort of at the end goes do you think 2016 is the best year of music, but they were talking about another album of this guy. I think he's called Freddie One String, and the the Kiwi comedian he had on was like, "Who well, was the Kiwi pa- mate comedian?" Ah, uh, I will check for you. Um, it, the, the Kiwi guy was like, "Well, you're really painting yourself into a corner there, are you?" And we're like, what what happens if you discover that you're like playing a guitar with three strings? Like, what you are you to going to do you have to join the President's <laughs> United
1: States of America because they had a three string and a two string.
0: Ch- they didn't the have an
1: entire guitar between them.
0: <laughs> uh dear. So, um, I can't remember where I was going with that. But oh, busking, yeah, that—that's why I thought that. Uh, that's what I thought of that. So, Perfect Sounds is the name of his podcast. Um,
1: twenty sixteen was fine. We were we were podcasting through that. We, we yeah, a well, lot. Like, like, uh,
0: I well, I think it Nonagon been...
1: Infinity was my album of the year for twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, he has got Nonagon Infinity in here. Oh, um, but he but he likes Radiohead's album and I was like okay.
1: Radiohead still in an album in twenty sixteen. Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah, Moon-shaped Pool. I think we even listened to it, didn't we?
1: Oh I think you might be right. I think I don't imagine we had anything good to say about it.
0: No. It's the kind he of very, Ra-
1: very late era disappearing up its own ass legacy act album that we would have absolutely teed off on. Because that was uh, back in the era when we, when by the time we were doing the music episode, we were we fucking were lit. <laughs> We were fucking off them chops. We were vegetarian. We were vegan. That's how far off the chops we were.
0: Um, Run the jewels three was that year?
1: No. Oh, was that the famous Run yeah, the Jewels? dropped like the, on, the, the on the like drop Christmas like, Eve or, yeah, or New yeah. Year's Eve, and and our friends at Drive Through Pride put it in their top. The top albums of the they year put it they had been out for like fifteen minutes and, and we we held it over for the following year. And by which time the novelty had worn off.
0: Yeah, but like he, he listened to like a lot of albums and there's none of the <laughs> none of the ones that I liked in that year. Um
1: It just shows that comedians have a shit sense of music.
0: Yeah. Uh and I guess you get the Joker because um <laughs> I picked Nas. Yes.
1: But also, I mean, I think I think you had a little run there. You had like the Joker, right? mate, quite a few weeks in a row. Yeah, so yeah. But, um, so you have had a good time. Um, I'm going to throw in an album. It's it's one of those I have no idea if this is going to turn out well or not. But um, uh, a duo called Lorange and Nimir Blade. Um, and they I reckon they've appeared in my Discover Weekly largely because of uh, your typical combination of. Black rapper and white fucking producer kind of acts. You've run the mm, jewels and your um Which and we've your, had and your MF Dooms and your not your MF Dooms, but your um your Psar faces and things like that. Yeah. But um they sounded in like I heard a track of theirs and I thought, oh, that's kinda of fucking cool. So um this is a shot in the dark and you're to blame you give etc. a bad name.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well that's music. I mean it kind I'm of looking...
1: is. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it. You know, it, it's all the music. It's some of music.
0: I'm looking forward to some new stuff after three weeks of that.
1: Well, who do, who did that? Whose fault was that?
0: Yeah, that was mine.
1: I've been sitting um, here for three weeks. waiting to record. good. No, we I think we all felt like we needed a break. It's it's pretty fucking grim. Uh, well, the thing now, the thing about the thing about being thrown into lockdown is that your your world kind of contracts around you, and all you're really focused on is what am I doing today. Uh, it's just the day in front of you. You don't actually see any future, like, or yeah. not in a, not in a grim way. Just in a, if you default, your your it's almost like your field of view becomes very very small, and you're just right in front of you. What am I doing today? What am I doing in an hour? What am I doing for lunch? What am I doing for dinner? And and the kind of the the next week and the next month and the next year stuff you kind of have to force out of your brain. So it, it changes the way that you view the world in a, in a very big kind of way.
0: Hmm. I just don't know what humans are going to be like in five years' time. Uh, like it just—it feels like travel might not necessarily be a widespread thing anymore. Uh, I, I really just don't know. Um, I
1: mean, I—I I can see a world where all we're doing is basically just—they have a COVID booster with the flu vax and we all take the flu vaccine,
0: and—and.
1: Mm. We can get it down to the level where we just it, you know, the flu kills a number of people every year, and we're just doing that again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's if that's a grim way of facing it, but the, uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping because other, the other option is that, yeah, that you know, that's, that's none of the, the borders good, ever open and I don't option. see my parents again, which sucks.
0: Yeah, that's the good option. So let's let's hope that.
1: It's also the economic option. I mean, there's, there's the world we we can't afford to keep the borders up. For so I yeah. think it's going to be a case of once every, once we're sixty, 80 percent vaccinated, the models in Britain, you know, they got they got to like eighty percent, ninety percent vaccinated, and they're like, we go forward. You know, if you yeah. didn't if you didn't get your shit together by now, I'm sorry, we can't help you.
0: And we might get some some interesting musical sort of weirdness over the next couple of years with this, I think too.
1: I think we've already. <laughs> We just listened to that Ty Seagull album. I don't think that was the product of a, of a uh, sane and mind. That was just mind. a product
0: of Ty Seagull.
1: I'm looking at the other albums that we listened to. Like <laughs> Welfare Jazz by the fucking by um by the Viagra Boys. That didn't feel like a very those guys weren't in a happy place when they made that.
0: No, I'm just let, let's get the Chats Lockdown album. That's what we need.
1: Well, the Chats, um, Kiwi um uh sister album if you like, darts with a Z are uh, can't be too far away from releasing their album. they've um uh, they, they've um they've been dropping EPs and stuff like that and that, it was their Twitter account which first which first dropped the line that said well, Nat once you're sick of listening to Lord's Jack Johnson tribute album, why don't you listen to our new fucking our new uh single Toyota Corolla? Uh, cuz they they would bought a shitty 1999 Toyota to Corolla to go on a tour of New Zealand and they were about to set off and then the fucking lockdown happened so there's uh, d- d- that d- there's a lot of, there's for- a lot of friends of rom to um to the darts so uh i'm a fan Just
0: for your uh, show notes Di Henwood was the New Zealand
1: comedian Die Henwood's a fucking New Ze- a legend of New Zealand comedy mm. uh, he's been around for he, he was he was an up and coming when i moved here and he's also part of a Quite fun uh, rugby league podcast on um, in New Zealand called uh, Mad Monday, which comes out on a Tuesday as you'd expect, uh, and they mostly talk about Warriors games. But that which sounds well like sport. And this was the music podcast.
0: All right, Doc. Thank you for that. I will thank catch you, you, for you on the flip side. It,
1: it was an enjoyable moment to uh, reiterate this podcast. I've forgotten the ability to use words. It's been that long. <laughs> Podcasting. Don't not even. Don't. actual Fucking waveforms
0: on the internets.
1: <laughs> and I've just clocked the fucking session title. We outlasted the job, and we've had far less fucking racially <laughs> charged incidents. <laughs> it has been one day since a racially charged incident. Yeah, are we gonna talk basketball first? I mean, we're-
0: oh, we can if you like, isn't it? Really, there's nothing, to, know what, to, talk there's nothing to
1: talk about, but.
0: No, um, i have I've prepared. No basketball content. I am, exactly, however, neither have I. I am, however, keen to talk about. Um, I am keen to talk about the tunes, and I do have one little, maybe, uh, sporting nugget to drop in, like an after dark.
1: Well, let's let's just do a. Let's just. I reckon this might be the a plan going forward for at least until the fucking. The NBA season's back, and then we can we can look at it again and see how you feel. But mm. let's just do sports. Let's just, sorry, scratch that, the opposite. Let's just do the music. again. <laughs> music. And if sports evolves as an after-after-dark thing, then fuck it,
0: why not? Sure. But Yeah. Um, the sport question I had for you. Aye. Do we have to face facts that James Anderson is a better bowler than Glenn McGrath?
1: I mean, they're not racing each other.
0: I know. But but- J-
1: Jimmy Anderson's a good bowler. Glenn McGrath's like, a terrible human, signing. <laughs> I
0: don't give a shit whether he's.
1: If Jimmy Anderson turns out to be better bowler, right, it just doesn't bother me. Richard Hadley was better than both of them. Richard Hadley's a bit of a flog, but you know, at least he didn't kill any mm. fucking elephants.
0: I just like the the dude has played for a long time and it's still really fucking good.
1: Yeah, um, I I don't know about longe- longevity as a measure of quality anymore though, because people are still going a lot longer than they. Ever could previously, or it they ever should previously. I mean, Valentino Rossi's career is kind of a testament to that. He would have, as we talked about a few a month or so ago, if he if he had been born in the 500cc Grand Prix era, he, his career would have ended by now because he would have had some sort of career-ending injury. Um, but he's, you know, he's had 20 years on the on the big bikes, so it's kind of. But the last year has been horrifically, and, and the last five years have been pretty shit. So mm. it kind of becomes a thing where you think. Uh, they, oh, I, we, can I keep, we can keep a Jimmy Anderson going with low yeah, management. Yeah, but there's a
0: stuff. difference between longevity and the sort of Brad Thorne longevity where you're essentially uh, a difference maker for, like, you know, he, he was a difference maker in a in a, a sport where your body should just break after a certain amount of minutes. Brad Thorne longevity
1: him. involves having to move back to Mosgiel <laughs> at some stage, which I'm not a big fan of.
0: Anyway, that was my only sporting thought. I was just I'm, like,
1: I'll never understand what what, it, what fucking it made Brad Thorne want to move to Mosgill. I, I, I know he's from think- Mosgill. Mosgill's like the, it's just a like a shitty fucking country town on the fringes of Dunedin. It's just the local. Mm. It's it, it basically out in the farm out in the farmland. It's that sort of, I've referred to it as the Ipswich of Dunedin before, but it's it's not. It's a slightly different vibe. It's, it's more like a Gatton of Dunedin. Uh, it's just a rural service community. And, yeah. and that's where Brad Thorne's from, and that's where he went back to. That was his last playing gig, was going back and captain coach the fucking Mosgill rugby team. And then he went, <laughs> and now he's to the, Reds. to the fucking Queensland Reds again. I uh, I
0: I um, I reckon you could write a book on what motivates Brad Thorne, because he just makes some weird decisions. Can eh? Brad
1: Thorne read? I mean, um, <laughs> genuine question. I I don't want to assume he's had a lot of head knocks. So if you can't yeah. read it, I can't imagine you can write either.
0: That's true.
1: It's in there somewhere. You need to get it out.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm going to go and have a whiskey. Thanks for that. That so was it's good. It's better
1: than Knuckles colony, colony, hasn't it? Yeah. <gasps>
0: She's giving me flashbacks to sitting on the hill. Don't do that. <laughs>
1: It's raining and it's six and it's six three to the Waratahs. Enjoy that and and,
0: and and just looking at Ben Chun going.
1: Ben 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 Choon has I hypothermia so. and is wearing feel- a ski jacket for some reason.
0: You're you're the you're the absolute best at the world at doing this, yes. and you're just sitting and there doing. You're having
1: nothing. as much of an impact on this game as I am. In fact, no, I can have more impact because I can throw this beer at someone.
0: Oh fuck! All right, I'll catch you later, Doc. That was
1: good fun. Cheers, man.
0: See ya.